welcome to the 12th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. That's good. Michelle is out this week on another project, so we have a special guest. Hi, Deb. Hi. Hi, guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining me this week. I'm very excited. Oh, I was excited all week. I couldn't wait. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And we're also doing a slightly different format this week. Instead of talking about a movie or a franchise, we, this week we are covering the top 10 movie monsters of all times. These are, and these are non-humanoid monsters. So no Freddy, Jason, Michael, Pinhead, Pyramid Head, or Pumpkinhead. Those will be in a separate uh, list because there's just way too many of them to go over. Also, we're not going to go into... A lot of detail this time because each of these entries obviously could be their own episodes. So we'll just hit the highlights here. Having said all of that, number 10 is a bit of a cheat and that it is Brundlefly. So I know we said we weren't uh, doing humans, but this poor guy started out as a human but definitely ended up as a fly in the end. So... Poor Seth Brundle, he was just trying to build a, tra- a teleportation device and find a nice girlfriend, and then you see what happened. It is, yeah, poor guy. It's pretty It's pretty, pretty bad. It's yeah. nasty. Did you know there's the original The Fly movie from 1958? No. And that stars Vincent Price. He's not the fly, but he's like a friend of the guy that's a fly. Um, and it's told in a flashback of the wife who had to kill the fly. Um, and in that one... What happened was the fly's head, so the guy ended up with a fly's head and one fly arm, and he spent the whole um, movie with a towel over his head. So we only saw the fly head uh-huh. once in a while. Um, and then he had a, he suffered a bad fate when, um, oh, and then the fly ended up with his head and his arm. And then at the end, he got caught in a spider web outside, and that was pretty gross, and then the spider wow. came. Um yeah, you just have like, help me, help me. It's really, yeah, pretty rough. That would be bad. I, can you imagine walking and seeing a spider web with no, a half human? No. Oh, oh my I God. hate spiders anyway. Oh. Oh. So that's a 1958 version. The version that most of us know about, of course, is the, uh, let's see, 1986 remake. And that was uh, remade by, directed by David Cronenberg, and that stars Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Did you know there are also several sequels to these things? The earlier movie had a sequel called Return of the Fly in 1959 and The Curse of the Fly from 1965. And then the Cronenberg uh, film also had a sequel, 1989's The Fly 2. Wow. I'm not sure any of those were worth watching. I did not watch the sequels, but I watched the two originals. I saw the one with G- Gina Davis. and mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was good. Good. Yeah, Very I watched good. it again last night or this morning. I can't remember which one. Wow. Um, let's see. So The Fly still remains one of the best examples of body horror in any movie. And it's truly frightening to watch poor Seth's body disintegrate. Many people have said this is an analogy to all sorts of things like AIDS, cancer, or old age. But either way, it's pretty rough. I mean, you feel so mm-hmm. sorry for the little thing at the end. It's got those big black eyes and, you know. It does get rather murderous at the end, though, so, yeah. Oh, here's a piece of trivia for you. This is where the phrase, be afraid, be very afraid, sorry, that's a cat. 
She's gone crazy since we started. Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid came from when Gina Davis uh, comes in and there's this woman there with Seth. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know oh. that either. Wow. Um, also, two guys won Oscars for Best Makeup for the 86 version, Chris Wallace and Stephen uh, Dupuis. So, yeah, I think they definitely deserved it. What do you think? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so that was number 10. Number 9 is The Kraken. I remember seeing this when I was a kid, watching the... Mm-hmm. Me too. That's why I like it and put it on the list. So The Kraken is from Scandinavian uh, mythology, and it's usually a gigantic squid or an octopus. It also appears in popular culture in a whole bunch of different things, including Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and even Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, the movie we were just talking about was 1981's Clash of the Titans, and it's based on Greek mythology, and that's where Perseus uh, is going against uh, Zeus and the gods, and he, um, he ends up cutting off Medusa's head, and then takes her head in a bag, and anyone who looks at her turns to stone. And the Kraken, Zeus releases the Kraken. That's where the phrase, release the Kraken, comes from. When he goes, oh. release the Kraken. Uh-huh. I like to say that just randomly sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you do. So I, now I know where it <laughs> yeah, came from. Yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> so, um, and of course, there's a virgin chained to the thing, and she's going to be a sacrifice to the Kraken. Why do they keep sacrificing virgins? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I think this could be a whole other uh, episode, but seriously, uh -huh. what's up with that? Anyway, he stops the Kraken in the nick of time. This Kraken looks like an amphibian, and it has four arms and washboard abs. So go figure. I, so that ooh. Kraken looks very different from other Krakens. There's also a 2010 version of Clash of the Titans, and that Kraken kind of looks like Godzilla with a bunch of tentacles. Uh, but most of the time, the Kraken is octopus and or squid looking with a whole bunch of arms. So yeah, this Kraken looks like it's been to the gym. Yeah, that's a that Kraken's really putting in some gym time. Uh, let's see. Anything else you think about the Kraken? No, I just would not want to be in a boat and see something like that. No. 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 Oh, and this Kraken was stop motion. Um, animation, which I really like. I mean, you know, people think it's dated now because of all the CGI, but I still like it. Let's see. We are up to number eight, the behemoth. So the behemoth is a creature from the mist, and the mist uh, TV series and movies based on Stephen King novello. So basically, these are giant creatures from another dimension, and that many of them are gigantic. There's a whole bunch of different ones. And they descend on this small town in Maine, of course, because everything Stephen King does is in Maine. And they proceed to eat and or kill all the inhabitants. So hmm. a bunch of people get stuck in a grocery store, and then the things are trying to get in and get them. And some people run out, and that's really not a good idea. But um, all of these creatures are very cool. I would suggest, oh, besides the behemoth, there's like lobsters, spiders, and scorpion-type creatures. Um, and what makes them scary is we only get small glimpses of them. Oh. So that's really the way to, I think, uh, hook the audience is just show a little glimpse of whatever instead of the big jump, the whole thing at once because then the mystery's gone. Um, so I would suggest, uh, if you're looking for this, definitely watch the 2007 version of The Mist with Thomas Jane and not the 2013 Spike TV um, 
miniseries adaptation because that one wasn't very good. Hmm. Have you seen the ending to The Mist? Or do you remember? I don't know. I'm not sure. Hmm. I can't remember. The ending of The Mist remains one of the most heartbreaking scenes in cinema. And that's one of the other reasons I put it on here, too. It's rough. You know, and I watch a lot of stuff, and I even mm-hmm. thought it was rough. So, it's uh, it's pretty sad. Oh, I'm so, going to have to. Yeah. Check it check out. Check it see out. what you think. Uh, so, that was The Behemoth, and we are on number seven, Prawns. So, Prawns are from the 2009 movie District 9, and these are kind of cricket-looking creatures. Obviously, they look like shrimp prawns, and that's why they call them that. But these are aliens who end up crash landing on Earth and then they get treated horribly and then segregated in some slum in South Africa. Um, So really this movie is not really about the aliens. Obviously it's about, you know, treating people, how we treat people of different races or religions. Um, But they treat they get treated horribly, the poor things. We saw this at the theater, didn't we? Didn't yes. we all go see that? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember walking out being so sad oh, yeah, and yeah. F- feeling very bad for the prawns. Me too. I wanted to help them. Um, they do really like cat food. I think that's fun. Yeah. They Carmen really, would really not like, like cat that. food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wrote on here, if this movie doesn't put you in the gut, you have no soul. This is it true. really, yeah, it really works on you. Uh, let's see. So that's prawns. And as far as I know, there's no, um, sequels or anything to that one. Uh, number six, the Krampus. Do you know about Krampus? Not really. I don't know. Uh -uh. Oh, you are in for a treat. So I didn't know anything about the Krampus until a couple of years ago when I was watching an episode of Grimm. And then I thought it was the best thing ever because I'm like, how did this thing exist? And I didn't know it. So, um, the Krampus is from... Uh, Austrian-Hungarian folklore, and it predates Christianity, but now it's got all mixed up in Christmas tradition. Uh, But it's been around for a while. So while Santa Claus uh, is sometimes referred to as the anti-Santa, so while Santa Claus brings gifts to good children, Krampus beats bad children, throws them in a sack, (laughs) (laughs) takes them to the highest tree, and then eats them at midnight. I'm liking this Krampus. I like his uh, humor. Yeah, so if Santa is the carrot, Krampus is definitely the stick. And in fact, he will hit you with a stick. He carries around a bunch of sticks to hit you with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So his appearance is goat-like. He has horns. He has a forked tongue, uh, a tail. He has at least one cloven hoof, if not two. Sometimes he has one cloven hoof and one foot. Um, And he carries around, like I said, switches to, to... Beat people with and chains and of course a sack to put children in. Oh wow! I'm glad I'm learning about Krampus as an adult because <laughs> if I was a kid, yeah. Oh my God, that would be not be good. So there is a bunch of Krampus movies, and uh, many of them are of questionable quality, and some of them don't have a good Krampus. I really think it's important to have a good design for the Krampus because that's really what sells it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I love that episode of Grimm so much, but. They've been in all sorts of other TV shows like uh, Lost Girl, remember that one? Oh, yeah. Or your sister remembers that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Supernatural and American Dad. And one poor guy, I think he was um, writing for the website Dread Central, actually watched every single Krampus movie in existence at the same time, one after the other. Oh, my gosh. And then reviewed them. <gasps> and then his head exploded. <laughs> 
But he actually he was drinking, so that made it oh. better. But I was just like, after reading that review, I'm like, how could you even stand to get through some of these? They're just so horrible because everybody was trying to cash in on the Krampus craze. Mm-hmm. But there's Krampus, um, there's Krampus runs. So Krampus Day is really, whatever the German word is, or Hungarian word, is really uh, December the 5th. But like I said, they've just mixed it up with Santa. But there's Krampus runs, and then um, like local teenage guys in the villages will dress up as Krampus and run through the streets and whack people in the legs with sticks. Seriously, wow. yeah. Wow. So that they try to tell the tourists, like, you're going to get whacked. You might get whacked. You might want to go in someplace. So I they would, mean business. Yeah. They do. Oh, my God. I'd have to go in someplace. That people, would hurt. And people give Krampus cards. I keep threatening to do that every year. Maybe this year I'll get around to oh, it. That would be mm-hmm. so fun. And um, I would love it. Yeah. And there's more and more Krampus celebrations in the U.S., in fact, there was one in Cleveland. I know, but I didn't go to it. But I, mm-hmm. somebody told me it was just at a bar. They went, and it was mm-hmm. like just a Krampus thing. So, um, so that's Krampus. He's like one of my favorite things now that I know he exists. Uh, let's see, number five, another one of my favorite things, the Blob. I have to agree. I like the Blob. I love the Blob. So, the slimy alien first appeared in 1958, along with a 30-something Steve McQueen, who was supposed to be playing a teenager, and we weren't supposed to notice that. Um, I believe this was his acting debut. Oh, wow. So, I don't know why couldn't they just say he was 30-something? I don't know. But anyway, so the blob is basically a big ball of intergalactic jello that rolls around absorbing anyone mm-hmm. in its path. It originally was made out of silicon and red food dye, and the more people it ate, the bigger it got, and the more red food dye they put in there. So you just wow. got bigger and redder as it went along. <laughs> um, the original movie was in black and white, so you really couldn't tell how red it was, but uh, you got the basic idea. The, did you know this? There was a 1972 sequel called, alternately called, Beware of the Blob or Son of the Blob or Return of the Blob. Did you know that? No, I did you not. You did not miss anything. It was directed by Larry Hagman, you know, oh, JR from yeah. Dallas. Uh-huh. I swear everybody on this movie was high when they made it. What? It was horrible. I was just like, you know, my tolerance for horrible is high, but it was just uh <laughs> over oh, the top. Oh my god, it was it was bad. It was bad. Um Mer- uh, what's his name? Burgess Meredith is in it. I'm like, did anyone bother to write a script for this? It's just it's horrible. Um, so anyway, but there's a 1988 remake, and that one's not half bad. I mean, everybody has a mullet, because it's the 80s, uh-huh. but it's really not too bad. Um, so this time the blob is meaner, and it's a lot pinker, so it kind of oh. looks like Pepto-Bismol. But <laughs> this time it gets a lot bigger, and it can take its little blobbiness and turn it into, like, uh, what, um, uh, tentacles and grab people. Oh, the first oh. blob couldn't do that. No, no. So this blob means business, and two of the most memorable scenes in that one is when a guy gets sucked down a kitchen drain, and then spit back up in the ceiling by the blob. That's a good one. He didn't like him. No, he really didn't. <laughs> and it, you saw like a foot and another foot going down the drain, and then a poor woman was trying to hide from the blob in the telephone booth. You can imagine what happened. Oh. So the blob just like surrounded the booth and then it was oozing in and then it got on top of the booth and it just crushed the booth and that was the end of her. Wow. That would not be a good way to go. No. Death by blob is not. No. Is not a good way to go. Um, Let's see. Trivia. Oh, here's a good one for you. The town of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, which is a shooting location for the blob, holds a yearly blob fest. Huh. 
And besides lots of other things, they reenact the scene from the movie theater where everybody's watching a movie and then the blob shows up like where the screen is and then starts chasing people. And they all run out of the movie theater and run down the street, just like they did in the movie. Oh, that would be something to do. Yeah, so that's a, yeah I don't what know where f- Phoenixville is, but we'll have to look up when the Blob Fest is. That might be a good time. Also, mm-hmm. Rob Zombie was planning a remake of the Blob for a while, but that fell through. Aww. So, um, Suggestions for evading the Blob. I often talk about this, but I'll just throw it out here. So, if you're trying to get away from a Blob, you should not go in the basement. Because blobs slide down steps. Oh. You should go someplace high, like an attic or possibly a tree. So, higher ground, not lower ground for blobs. Good Um, to know. Let's see. Also, blobs hate cold weather. Oh. So, how they defeated the blob in these movies was with a bunch of fire extinguishers or a guy had a snowmaking truck in the remake that he just drove into the blob. And then there's a lot of snow. Um, We're safe today. We're safe today. Yep, no blobs today. Mm-mm. So very cold out. So what you could do is you can move to Antarctica. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there are no blobs there. However, someone else on this list is there, which might be worse than the blob. So we'll talk about that in a second. Oh. But we wouldn't have to worry about blobs. Uh, let's see. Number, what am I? I, I change the order on these, like I said, and I put Godzilla at number four. Oh. How do you feel about Godzilla. I remember Gamera, Gamera. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think he's pretty scary. I would not want to see him walking down my street. No. He would crush things. Yes. So Godzilla is a big lizard that has been destroying cities since 1954, and he was originally a metaphor for nuclear weapons given the then-recent bombings of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I didn't know that. So since the early days, Godzilla has spawned 35 films by the main company that makes them the Toyo Company and three Hollywood movies. This makes Godzilla the longest-running movie franchise of all time. So sometimes Godzilla's bad, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's protecting cities or protecting humanity, sometimes he's fighting with all sorts of creatures. Like I said, this could be a whole separate episode. Mothra, Rodan... Uh, Mudos, and sometimes they're his besties. So you really got to get into the Godzilla mythology with that. But the recent, most recent movie Godzilla was Godzilla, uh, the Planet Eater, and then next up is Godzilla, King of Monsters, which is due out on May thirty first, twenty nineteen, and then after that, Godzilla goes up against King Kong again in twenty twenty. Oh, so Godzilla's not going to be slowing down anytime soon. Oh, that's good. I like Godzilla. Yeah, I like the the CGI. Godzilla is really great these days. Um, And then, of course, there are many other large monsters based on Godzilla recently, which is uh, Clovey from Cloverfield. You know, the movie Cloverfield. There's that big giant thing. Uh, But Godzilla is the originator of all the big monsters. Wow. So that's Godzilla. Let's see, where is number three? Number three, I don't know if you know about this one or not, but I think you will like it. Guomel, and I apologize, it's Korean for monster. I'm sure I screwed up that um, pronunciation. But I prefer to call him Fishzilla because that's easier. Um, so this creature is from Boon John Ho's 2006 movie, The Host. Have you ever heard of it? 
I am looking at the picture right now, and it's scary. But no, I have not. So many people, I'm sure this is probably the one that people are least familiar with on this list. But um, if you haven't seen it, you're seriously missing out. I just love this creature for some reason. Um, I heard somebody describe it recently as a cross between a giant tadpole. Oh, no, it's as if a giant tadpole and a dragon had a baby. <laughs> That's uh, a good analogy, yes. <laughs> but it's part fish, part bat, and it can pick up people with its tail. Oh. So the, we're first introduced to it. Some people are pi- uh, picnicking near the Han River in, in uh, South Korea, minding their own business. All of a sudden, this thing comes out of the water and starts galloping up and down the park, chasing people, eating them, throwing them left and right, grabbing them with their tail. I mean, it's crazy. So you see the people running, and this thing is just like galloping. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, And and what the storyline in this movie is a young girl is taken by this thing, and then her dysfunctional family has to work together to get her back. And one of the people I know you know on this movie is... Bay Dona, who was son on Sense8. Oh, yeah. So she plays the sister, and she has some mad archery skills, and that's kind of plays into how they defeat the monster. Ooh. But, yeah, watching this poor dysfunctional family try to get together long enough to save the girl is kind of fun, too. <laughs> so um, at some point, there was a Host 2 and an American remake in the works, but nothing has come of it. Oh. So... Let me know if you see that, because I I don't know why I just love that creature so much. It's just hilarious. Um, Oh, and he hangs by his tail at some point. He's just hanging there. I'm going to put this on my list. Hanging there, chomping on the people he he picked up. There's bones everywhere. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) he's a nasty creature. He is, he is. He's just hungry. Oh, and he was caused by, of course, the Americans, as always, uh, contaminating the Han River. That things mutated and that thing came into existence. So Nasty, nasty Americans. Yeah. So let's see, that's number three. Two more to go. Number two, we were just talking about this, the thing. <gasps> oh, now that is one scary mm-hmm. little thing. Yeah. So the original movie was John Carpenter's um, in 1982. And we didn't see too much of the actual thing in that one but the thing the reason the thing is so scary is it can uh, take on the shape of anything that it comes in contact with so the problem with those guys and kurt russell was uh, the main star of that movie the problem with that is that you didn't know all those guys are in antarctica and they can't leave uh, because everything you know whatever their planes or whatever have been destroyed so they're all stuck there and they don't know which one among them is the thing and is all of a sudden going to bust open and eat them. So the bad part about the thing, too, is that every single part of the thing can separate and become its own hideous thing. So like a guy's oh. arm just pulls off and runs off and chases somebody. I didn't know that. Even the oh. blood fights back. So in that movie, Kurt Russell, they do blood samples of everybody. They put in a Petri dish and then they have electricity and they try to zap it with the electricity. And if it, like, fights back, that person is a thing. Wow. So you can't so they get, have a blood test and everything for that. You can't get away from that thing. <laughs> no. So, wow. Um, also, it, if it gets interrupted in mid-absorption, you end up with all sorts of strange things, like the head 
that sprouted uh, spider legs and like those uh, freaky little long eyeballs. Ooh. Yeah, that was a bad one. And one of the best scenes in the movie is the guy is trying to resuscitate someone. So he's doing, he has a paddles, a crash paddles. And he has him on the guy's chest. His chest opens, chomps down on the guy's arms at the forearm and eats his arms off. Oh my God. And then you see the arms go down and then these arms pull up. And I was like, how did they do that? It's a CGI. And then I found out today they hired a guy who is a double amputee to do that scene. Whoa. Where they chopped off his arms and then just pulled out his Wow. Yeah. That's rough. That is rough. So The Thing is based on the original 1951 movie, The Thing from Another Planet. I'm watching it now. (laughs) She's just telling (laughs) Debbie, oh, don't bother. Um, It's a guy in a space suit. Um, (laughs) And it's not nearly as menacing, but at least that got us to the second The Thing, which is great. There's also a 2011 prequel, which I watched this morning. It's not half bad, surprisingly. And you see a lot more of the thing, and it is hideous. But I still don't know if it's better not to see something than to see it. But when you see it, it's like teeth and crab pinchers, and I don't know. And it everything's like mutated. At Ugh. some point, two guys' heads get mutated together. It's pretty freaky. It's like with the Salvador Dali paintings. Remember those uh-huh. weird shaped thing? That's what some of them look like. Wow. Anyway, so the. As we said, you know, the cold kills blobs. Uh, the cold does not kill the thing. The thing likes the cold, and it can hibernate for long periods of time. So only way to get rid of that thing is to either burn it with fire. So they had a lot of blow torches. I don't know. Apparently they have a lot of blow torches in Antarctica. So they were zapping it with blow torches. Or radiation sometimes can kill it. Oh. But wow. uh, you're about done for if you encounter that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything going to save you. No. And number one, you already guessed what the number one one was when we talked about this before. Oh, this is the scariest I don't all. think anything can top the xenomorph. No, no. This is one badass monster. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we already went in depth in episode, what was it? Oh, episode eight about the... Um, alien franchise so i won't go into that here but the xenomorph to me is the best movie monster ever because it takes so many different forms because you got the chest buster mm-hmm. we got the face hugger then the chest buster then you got it taking on the characteristics of its hosts into being slightly different things it's got a tail that'll spear you it's got acid for blood it's got a little tiny mouth inside its other mouth. Like, it's a, one mouth not bad enough. Here comes a little another little tiny mouth to zap you. Just double trouble. Yeah. And that supposedly is called an attack tongue. Ooh. Um, so, and it's very sleek looking, I think. It's very, yeah. like, I don't know how to describe it, but very... It could just move its body and morph into any shape. Yeah. And get through anywhere. Yeah. Its eggs were gross, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, and the queen. The queen was like the best thing ever. That scene with the queen when yes. she went in that room. Oh, my God. When um, Sigourney Weaver went in that room, and then you, the camera would like panned up to see this big, giant thing, just like laying eggs. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was... I love that, seeing that in the movie theater. Um, scared the crap out of me. Yeah. and doesn't take much. Yeah, that I don't think there's any way to top that one. And it's such a part of popular culture now. Even people that have never seen Alien know what a xenomorph is. Or they know what the thing looks like. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say except I think it's the best. Very. I'd be very surprised if you need, I mean, sooner or later something will top it, but right now. You can't. Yep. It is the best. It is the best. Well, I picked for our um, series here of monsters some good drinks because yeah, after seeing <laughs> these <laughs> yeah. monsters, I'm going to need some drinks. And the first one I picked was a Bloody Mary. And the reason I picked it was I would be screaming Bloody Mary or Bloody Murder um, if I saw one of these. So I started with the Bloody Mary with this one teaspoon of sea salt, one cup ice cubes, and a jigger of vodka. But in this case, maybe two jiggers of vodka. If, if you've yeah. encountered xenomorph or a thing, yes, oh, God, as much yeah. as possible. Yeah, and then um, some spicy tomato juice, V8 would work, some couple dashes of Worcestershire sauce, some Tabasco, and down that. Mm -hmm. And then when you're frozen and you can't move and you have to run from fright, I chose the martini which is an espresso martini to get you moving for the run of your life. So I have a um, three tablespoons of cognac. I think it probably may be more cognac in there. Mm -hmm. uh, two tablespoons coffee liqueur, like a Kahlua, and uh, two tablespoons espresso, and one tablespoon simple syrup, a little orange twist, and coffee beans for garnish. And that should get you moving after you see these nasty monsters. We might need to try those even just after talking about the monsters. I, I think so. I'm a little frightened just right now just talking and looking at these pictures of them. Oh, yeah, that thing. You should see the... Look up the stuff from the 2011 prequel for the thing. Mm -hmm. Or we'll do that after okay. this because it is... yeah Scary. It's pretty gross. Wow. So, so I guess that's it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the top ten movie monsters of all times. And thank you for having me. Oh, it was, thank you for I coming. Enjoyed it's it. great. We will have to do it again soon. Yes. And then until okay. next week, uh, try to stay alive if possible. And um, I know what to say. Uh, if you encounter a xenomorph or a thing, I'm sorry. You're done for. Yeah. <laughs> have a martini. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody.